Hi everyone, and welcome to Fine Vines and Wine. I'm your host, Karis Pixie, and each week I'll be giving you all an insight into the behind the scenes of our favorite beverage, wine. I'd love for you to use this podcast platform as a winery guide for your next weekend away, exploring everything Australia has to offer. You never know, you might discover a new spot or two to visit. I acknowledge the Cadigal and the Wiradjuri peoples, traditional custodians of the land that we recorded today's podcast episode on. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across the nation. On this episode of Fine Vines and Wine, I'm joined by Daniel Shaw, winemaker at Philip Shaw Wines in Orange. Thank you for joining me today. How's the beginning of your week going? Yeah, going well so far. It's um, pretty wet here at the moment. We're we're just madly trying to get some wines ready for bottling. Ah, awesome. It's, um, it's, we're probably in a similar situation to you know a lot of people in New South Wales and hmm. other regions that were affected by the fires in 2020. So we're, we're all, you know, running a little bit low, or a lot of us, I would say, running quite low on stock and, you know, really needing to turn things around quite quickly. Definitely. Which is, you know, exciting and challenging at the same time. Yeah, no, I can imagine definitely. How's vintage season going for you guys? Is it still going or has it finished? No, it's sort of well over. It's been a, you know, I I guess you'd say after 2020, (laughs) it would have been nice if it was a little bit easier. Yeah. We had a a fairly challenging March. Um, Mm, It was the wettest March on record for us. So it's um, and quite a cool vintage as well. Yeah. So you'll see some really, you know, I'd almost say quite classic wines coming out of orange for the earlier varieties. You know, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Noir looks amazing. Yep. But the bigger reds for us were a little bit challenging because they sort of ripened ah. in that um, later part of March and um, we just got too much rain. So... Uh, we won't be making much of those this year. That's okay. I really enjoyed, um, actually, I was saying before, I've said it a couple of times, but before I went to Orange, I actually didn't drink Chardonnay. And then after my Orange trip, I think I only bought Chardonnay. So oh, right. that's fine by me. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I bought Chardonnay from every winery I visited. And I was like, what's going on? I don't drink Chardonnay. Yeah, Chardonnay is a, a really wonderful variety here. It, it mm. um, you know, It almost performs every year. Even in the yeah. challenging years, going back when we look at our older wines, you know, they still really stack up. They, mm. um, you know, look really good. Generally, we'll pick them a little bit earlier, so they're, they're quite tight. But, yeah, Chardonnay is a, a wonderful variety. Yeah, no, it's really nice. I don't. I think what I don't like about Chardonnay is the super oaky sort of styles and I feel like in orange they didn't really taste like that to me so I feel like that's why I quite like them yeah they've got a you know they've got quite a, a tight frame if you like so yeah. you know if you do hang too many barrels off that frame mm-hmm. it'll, it'll sort of fall over so yeah we, we're really careful to not only on our oak selection so, you know, what forests um, the oak comes from, what toasts, what coopers that we we work with. But, yeah, we're really very careful not to have it as an undertone. How long have you been working in wine? Um, you know, I give or take uh, all my life, I suppose you'd say. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I, I, my dad was a winemaker and, you know, as a young person, I used to yes. work in the cellar, you know, whether that was painting the floors or, you know, scraping rust mm-hmm. off things or, or whatever it was. But yeah, yeah, I've been working in wineries since I was a kid. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So you've like yeah. always been around wine and the wine industry. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, what's been your most memorable moment that you've you've experienced during your wine journey? Uh, probably, you know, having that that first job where you're effectively in charge, I suppose. Yeah. And having to you know make those decisions for yourself, and that that for me was in America. Um, oh, I had okay, a awesome. Job as a red wine maker over there for a, a company in Paso Robles. And yeah, yeah, that that you know, I guess that that first realization of you know it's that sink and swim swim moment where you are right. I'm in the deep end. Let's uh, let's have a go. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that sort of you know, to me, that was sort of the starting point of my I, I guess career as a winemaker. Oh, that's awesome! Did you enjoy um, working in wine in America? I did actually. I, I really loved it. it um, you know, totally different if you like to what i'd experienced previously but yeah they make wonderful wines really really different in style to what i'm making now Mm. but it was a a friendly place to be it was a relatively small country town similar to what i live in now but you know it was um yeah i I really loved it i was there for six years and yeah i really grew up i i guess as a, a young winemaker no, awesome. No, I've been, um, I've done a little bit of wine tasting in America. I've done some wine tasting in Malibu and then also Santa Barbara yeah. as well. Yeah. So we're about another, I suppose, hour and a half north of Santa Barbara. So kind of kind of halfway in between Monterey and Santa Barbara. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. I really enjoyed Santa Barbara. One of my friends lived there, so I've traveled up from LA to visit her. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool place. So you were saying you've worked in America, and I saw um, when I was researching for the questions that you've worked in wine all over the world. How is it different to winemaking in Australia, and do you have a favorite place? Um, not really. Uh, you know, to me, uh, winemaking's quite universal or around the world. Yeah. Um, as in, you know, there's different places, different sizes. You know, they all employ different techniques, but I, I suppose the thing that um, is most important is, you know, sort of how the winemaker thinks. It's, yeah. Um, you know, how open they are to, to tradition or not. Do they think outside of that? But if you to to take winemaking techniques, there's, there's not a mm. lot of difference, you know. Okay. Some, some are, you know, some wineries may be more technologically minded. Um, yeah. Some may not. But it's really more about the ability of the winemaker to, to interpret um, the fruit that they have. Yeah, okay, that makes um, sense. And, and how they use all of those different techniques to to make the wine the best they can okay yeah that makes a lot of sense did you have a favorite place from where you've worked i I suppose you know each one has different challenges Uh, you know wine style wise you know you really sort of get into whatever it is and where you are so you know a lot of ways i've really appreciated all the places i've worked in yeah Um, exactly you know you, you delve into the quality of 
of what that region gives you and, and you try and make the best possible wine you can from the environment you're in. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of – I've been lucky enough to work with uh, good companies where, wherever I was. So, yeah, they're all just offered different experiences. You know, you obviously have, you know, <laughs> extracurricular <laughs> outside of that um, yes. as well. But, and that adds a lot to the experience. But I, I've sort of taken and, and learnt from each one, enjoyed each yeah. one. Yeah, I, no, so do I do I have a favorite? No, I kind of I, I kind of <laughs> don't really. Yeah, I can imagine like it would have been so different in each place. It's kind of hard to compare them. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, yeah. So I've been fortunate enough to you know really have good experiences wherever I've been, and yeah, yeah take a lot from it. Ah, amazing. Um, do you have a personal winemaking style or does it change depending on the seasons and where you're working? Well, I, I'd say as much as anything, you know, I really don't try try and get the wines as close to being in balance as I can during fermentation and yeah. really not wanting to take anything away. So, you know, it's um, a relatively hands-off approach. I mean, we don't add anything to the wine it's all natural ferment you know natural mallow you know we don't add much sulfur but we do add a little bit but yeah. you know really trying to dial in the the wine during its early stages um mm. and as far as style goes it, it's really what the vineyard i think gives me that um determines the style and it's it's really yeah. trying to mold that the best way you can but Generally yeah. speaking, style-wise, um, you know, our wines are, are quite elegant. And, and yes, you'd say that are. generally from orange. They're, mm. they're not trying to be big and bold. They're, I'm, I'm really trying to make wines that have got a lovely texture. I, I just love yes. texture. It's, it's the most important thing to me. And it can be a fine texture or a yeah. more obvious texture, but it's the the – play with tannin you know acidity fresh fruit always fresh fruit but it, it's trying to yeah trying to make an interesting wine that's uh makes you think yeah no amazing and yeah i really enjoyed all of the wines when i came to Philip your wine so yeah, awesome. that's always good yeah we bought quite i think we all bought quite a few when we yeah, were right. there which is yeah, great <laughs> what wines are you drinking right now I, I really try and drink a diverse range of wines um, yeah. Uh, from really, you know, can I say all over the planet? But um, yeah. I, I'm really trying to stay, I don't know, stay aware of what's happening in the world. So, generally speaking, I, I do drink a lot of um, international wines. You know, we're, we've just bought a new vineyard here, and I'm, I'm really trying to think about, you know, what might work well there. So, yeah, you know, okay. just, just recently, I'm sort of trying quite a lot of Beaujolais. I'm also really in interested in the wines from Galicia. There's okay. a variety there called um, Mencia, which I say. Okay, I don't think I've heard of that. Um, which I find really interesting. So it's in that sort of lighter red perfumed, yeah, sort of, yeah. you know, like Pinot Noir almost, if you like, if you like okay. have, a, have a comparison. Mm. But I, I really love those lighter red styles that are quite pretty and um but have depth and interest. Yeah, um, definitely. And, yeah, just exploring, you know, different regions, different places. Um, you know, I really love 
yeah, I, I just really love good wine. So yeah, <laughs> I, I look pretty hard to find it. Yeah, same here. I just actually, um, I'd actually never tried um, a Beaujolais wine before, but I had another guest on who's really into them. So I actually ended up just buying a bottle and really enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah I think right. it's really good to kind of try lots of different wines or even things that you wouldn't think you'd like. It's good to just try everything. Yeah, so a lot of the time I just speak to the importers and if I can yeah. find someone that I like or, you know, I sort of give them an opportunity say, you know, please send me what you like. Yes. And, and, and that way you kind of get unpredictable things that you, mm. you may not otherwise buy. And then, yes, you know, exactly. if, you, if you kind of connect with them, you see the quality or, you know, you understand what they think of, of quality um, mm. and then away you go. I, I just really like, yeah, trying lots of different things. Yeah, same here. Since I've started getting more into wine, I'm definitely trying lots and lots of different ones, which I'm really enjoying. So I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and then otherwise, you know, I'm just trying to have lots of different wines that I can grab out of the cellar and, and mm. try and match them with whatever I'm eating. And that's, uh, you know, I take a lot of joy out of that, I suppose. What is your favourite food and wine pairing, if you have one? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about um, food and wine. Well, um, I, I guess, you know, we uh, work with, you know, a lot of different restaurants here. We're fortunate enough to mm. get, you know, a lot of really good chefs coming through. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's, I've got to say, there's nothing that, there's lots of different things that I've tasted that are quite wonderful. One that really sticks in my mind was a, a deconstructed lemon meringue with it our Riesling, that, that was quite Oh, amazing. wow. That um, sounds amazing. <laughs> you know, we we actually did a, a – we do a lot of um, small little pairings down at the cellar door. There's a, a yeah. Wagyu beef brassola with a Tasmanian pepperberry on it. Oh, wow. With, um, with Shiraz. That's just amazing. Mm. Uh, you know, it really highlights kind of those peppery characters that we get here that – um, spiciness that we get in our Shiraz. So it's yeah, really definitely. beautiful. You know, Fragoire and Chardonnay. Oh, Chardonnay mm. and uh, actually make a, a little chicken uh, rillette with a, okay, yeah. um, a sparkling wine jelly on it. And that with, um, well, Chardonnay is just amazing. And the sparkling wine jelly sounds amazing as well by yeah, itself. Yeah, with a, a little bit of thyme on it as well. And, oh, oh it's wow. delicious. But, yeah, yeah I, I really I really love, and I might sound a bit cliche, but, I, mm -hmm. you know, I really love um, when you get that right, that food and wine thing, which is a, a, a really amazing thing um, Yeah, when it makes the food so much better and it makes the wine better. That's when... Yeah, it's when wonderful things happen. What wines grow best in orange? I feel like we slightly touched on this, but are there any varieties that yeah, grow well, really, really well? Yeah, you know, orange is a, a really interesting place because it's defined by altitude. It's the only region, mm. or one of the only regions in the world. Um, oh, wow. So it's um, you've got to be above 600 metres, and, and give or take it gets close to 1,100 metres. Um, yeah. After that, you're getting right up into the mountain. Um, mm. So it really depends where your vineyard is in that scale of elevation. So, okay. you know, for us, we're at 800, 850 to 900 metres. Yeah. And we can 
you know, we make really fine, elegant, uh, you know, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, but mm. we can still get Shiraz, Merlot, uh, you know, I'd say right every year. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes where we are, it's a little bit challenging with Cabernet Sauvignon. So, mm. you know, we've got a crop really low. We're, we're down to sort of two to three tonnes to the hectare. And Cabernet Franc sits pretty close to that, albeit it does ripen a little bit earlier than Cabernet. Okay. But you go much higher than where we are, and it does start to become difficult for Shiraz and Merlot as well. But in the warmer years, you can definitely make wonderful Shiraz higher than where we are. So we're kind of, well, I guess when my um, dad was looking at where to plant the vineyard 30 years ago, mm. <laughs> he was really trying to find that elevation range where he could get all of those things right. In yes. most years, you know, we, we do struggle in some years. But, yeah, so, you know, for us, we're, we're lucky we can get a reasonably, and it was a classic uh, fruit salad vineyard that was, yeah. um, you know, most, uh, I, I guess you'd say, pioneers in a region tend to plant mm. um, because, you know, they, there's not a lot of other vineyards around to, to get a perspective from. No, it's no, yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, um, in orange, if if you're a little bit lower, or you know, if you're in mm. the lower elevations, it does tend to favour the bigger reds, like you know, Merlot, Shiraz, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then as you go higher, uh, it tends to be more your Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, sparkling wine, that kind of thing as well. So yeah, we're we that's it's quite a broad question because of that mm. different different elevations. Yeah, it depends where you are. Where's the um, new winery? Where's the new uh, winery? The new vineyards a, a little bit lower. Uh, yeah. So it's out on Bory Lane. It's called Bory Lane Vineyard. Okay. Um, and it's between about or around, give or take, seven hundred and fifty meters. Okay. So uh, still really good for Chardonnay. Um, I don't think mm. not so good for Pinot Noir or sparkling yeah. wine, but really or Sauvignon Blanc for that matter. But I think it's going to be, you know, really great for Chardonnay. I'm actually going to plant some Riesling there as well. Oh, awesome. I really, really love Riesling from Orange. Yes, um, me too. I actually really enjoyed that too as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Riesling, um, a little bit of Pinot Gris, but it's also got the, the bigger reds as well. So Merlot, Shiraz, Cabernet Franc. You know, Cabernet Franc something that I, I think Orange is really developing a, a reputation for as well. Okay. Um, and I, I just I just really love Cab Franc and some of the styles mm. you can make from it. What's it most similar to? I don't think I've tried it. I might have tried it, but I'm uh, not sure I can Oh, for us and the, the style I make, it's quite yeah. similar, I would say, to Chinon or the Loire-based okay. um, yeah. Cabernet Franc. So not, not the, the big... The bigger sort of cab francs you get from Bordeaux, but I mm. tend to make it in a slightly lighter, sort of prettier style. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, that sounds amazing. I'll have to try yeah. some yeah. next time I'm down. We've traditionally blended it with Merlot, but I've started just bottling a, a couple of barrels here and there. And yeah. Yeah, next year, hopefully, um, I'll start to get into it a bit more as well. Yeah, no, it sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll definitely have to so next time try year, some of that. Come and, yes. Come and give it a go. 
I definitely will. No, we'll definitely be back to Orange. We really, we really enjoyed it. Yeah. There were so many wineries we didn't get to go to, so I definitely think we'll be back for sure. Yeah. Well, it's not far to come from Sydney. It's only three and a no. half hours. Exactly. It's not far at all. Yeah. So, yeah, really good. Um, does Philip Shaw Wines have any exciting plans or new releases for 2021? Uh, yeah, well, I was really hoping to have a Cabernet Franc. But, yes. uh, you know, the season hasn't allowed for that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm bringing out a couple of small batch wines. And they're, they're oh, small, awesome. Small batch, so Philip Shaw's small batch. Mm. And it's uh, I'll release a, a Riesling this year. Yes. So, you know, I really want to start to develop our, you know, expertise, if you like, in, in Riesling. Okay. So I've made a, yeah, small amount this year. Um and I was really hoping to to make a cab front as well. So, you know, going forward, hopefully that'll happen next year and we'll have a, a Riesling and, and Cabernet Franc. Yeah, so that, that's pretty exciting for us, a new sort of small range, if you like. Yes. Uh, and we'll, um, I'm going to bottle the Riesling next month and, yeah, we'll get started on it. Excited. Get started. Sounds sounds great. Um, what are, I was going to ask as well because I, when I looked on your website, you have quite a few different wine collections. Are there any main differences between them? Yeah, there, there are. There's, you know, we've got two. I suppose you say three different ranges. So yeah, you know, every now and then, um, you know, I have a, a vintage or a wine that I just love. You know, it, you can yeah. see there's fruit in the vineyard. And the, the fruit comes into the winery and, you know, the, you, you fall in love every now and then. Mm, yeah. Um, so, you know, I do bottle those as single wines and that's, yeah. you know, effectively our, our reserve range. And then underneath that is our number series. And that's, okay. you know, all fruit off our vineyard, Kumalo. And yeah. it, it's really picking the eyes out of Kumalo. So it's... It's, you know, over time you, you get to know the vineyard really well and it's it's the particular clone. You know, for most varieties we've got seven to nine different clones in the vineyard. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So you get to know each clone, you get to know where those, you know, the soils that those clones are on. Mm. And, you know, generally speaking, you know, year on year the ones that perform really well perform that same way every year. So, yeah. you know, that's what goes into our number series. Okay. And, and generally those wines, you know, we'll see a little bit more new oak. So, you know, somewhere between 20 and 30%. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, with the, with the Pinot Noirs, they tend to have a lot more whole bunch in them. Mm. With the Shiraz, they've got a lot of whole bunch, so generally around that sort of 50% level. And then the character series, we I tend to make just a, a little more – a little more obvious. You know, the okay, number yeah. series is is fine and elegant and uh, got depth and, and power, mm. but the you know the character series is um, you know more about you know friendly, approachable, but really definitely orange wines. If you like, yes. so yeah, you know, a, a little less new work, uh, mainly older barrels. Uh, and then yeah. just trying to make them a little bit softer uh, and a little bit more fruit forward. The character series is is more about uh, you know your everyday wine, if you like. Yeah. Uh, whereas the number series is is really kind of about thinking it, thinking about it a little bit more. Yeah, you know, that makes it, sense. It it should be still pleasurable, which is you know mm. the 
the end goal of great wine, I think, is is the pleasure it gives you. But, I mean, you know, it, it does offer you an opportunity to think about it a little bit more. That makes a lot of sense. I completely get that. Um, what do you think the wine industry will see more or less of in 2021? Oh, well, you know, the, you'd say the wine industry is going through a, a reasonable upheaval, um, mm. you know, as an entire industry with the, the happenings with China. Yes, um, definitely. You know, we're probably a little bit shielded from that in a way as, as you know, this region generally wasn't selling mm. a lot of wine in China. Okay. But, um, you know, I imagine for some regions that were heavily invested in China, you know, yeah. there's some real changes afoot. Um, there's a, a lot of redirection that people are going to have to make, um, you know, with their future markets and um, where they spend their energy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say there's huge changes happening and, and about to happen. You know, that's, um, yeah, that's going to, yeah. it's difficult for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. So I would say that would be the biggest thing that's, yeah, um, definitely. you know, on the industry's mind, on, um, on you know, generally the whole industry, mm. um, you know, redirecting its efforts. What regions do rely on China or did rely on them? Uh, well, I'd say classically, you know, it would be the Barossa Valley and some of those yeah. South Australian regions producing, mm-hmm. you know, those bigger, bigger, more obvious red wines. And, you know, they very successfully uh, marketed themselves in the Chinese market. Yeah. And, you know, who, who would have seen this coming? You know, it exactly. Was, it was actually a, a really positive thing for the wine industry. and mm. um, But unfortunately, uh, that's turned very fast. You know, we had traditionally had a really strong market in, in China, but our importers' situation changed about three years ago. So okay. we had uh, yeah, gotten out of China about three years ago. So we're, we're very lucky in that regard. But we, we certainly, you know, have started to look at other markets, that, mm. you know, before this all happened. But, you know, there was a general movement for the industry to try and promote itself in the US. Mm, um, yes. To really try and get back into that market, which was, you know, 10 years ago uh, or, you know, almost say 20 years ago now, <laughs> you know, a very successful market for Australia. But, you know, China was a great market for um, a lot mm. of the industry. I just wanted to say congratulations on winning Australia's Best Cellador Awards for 2021. Um, what do you think goes into running a successful Cellador experience? Um, oh, for me, it's, it's um, you know, it's about trying to, I guess, show what, we're trying to achieve in winemaking. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that is around, you know, what I spoke about with the food and wine. Um, mm. You know, I think our wines should be drunk, especially our number series with food, and, and that's where you can really start to understand the, the textures that I try and put into those wines. Yeah. So, you know, we really um, we've got quite an amazing food and wine pairing experience down in the cellar door. Oh, awesome. But, you know, in the end, it's the, the staff that really make it. It's, it's the people that you have that are translating what you're trying to achieve yes. and, and kind of explain that to the people that are there so that they can mm. you know, they can understand a little bit about you, a little bit about your history and, and hopefully the region as well. 
and do it in a you know way that's not stifling or, or difficult to understand. It's enjoyable and fun in a you know really beautiful setting. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely agree because before I was studying wine and doing wine tasting, sometimes they go yeah. into such detail. You're just like, ah, yeah. I don't think I understand <laughs> you. <laughs> Can you like, simplify yeah. it a little bit? But yeah. so yeah. So you know, it's about it's about enjoying the taste of wine. Yes, definitely. And the pleasure that it can give you. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Hmm. Um, coming up to our last question, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this is probably the hardest question of them yep. all. But um, from Philip Shaw Wines um, Wine Collections, which would you take to a dinner party, a barbecue, and give as a gift? Uh, well, I, I suppose you'd have to think a little bit about the person you're going to give it to, uh, yeah. and what kind of wines they enjoy. Mm-hmm. But you know, it does. You know, from my perspective, or you know, from a winemaker's perspective, you know, there are certain wines every year that you know I'm really proud of. Yeah, and you know they tend to be, you know, wines that are, are favoured for that season. So not every season delivers every variety as well as another. So yep. it kind of, in a way, it takes a, a little bit of research. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, lately, I, you know, really proud of what we're doing with our <laughs> Shiraz, you know, Pinot, <laughs> our 89 yeah. Shiraz is, you know, really happy with it, where the style's going. I, I, I feel comfortable with it now. And yeah. same with the Pinot Noir, you know, we just um, we got the best Pinot Noir for the last couple of years <laughs> in the oh, awesome. New South Wales Wine Awards. Oh, congratulations. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, otherwise Chardonnay really does well from here. So, you know, I, I don't have a favourite that I always go to. Yeah. You know, I try and read the person a little bit, understand mm. what they like, um, and, you know, and then, really give them a number series that works well for them. Yeah, amazing. And what would you take to a dinner party? Same kind of thing, you know. Same I'd, kind I'd, of thing, yeah. If, uh, if I was going to a dinner party, I'd, I'd ask what are they having yeah. uh, for dinner. And, um, yeah, depending on what the food was, I'd, I'd match the wine to go with the food. Yeah, perfect. And yeah. same with the barbecue as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. 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 you know, Amazing. they might have uh, Balmain bugs on the barbecue or lobster or it might be a great big steak. And they're, yeah. uh, they're going to be pretty different ones. Yeah, definitely. Then, I can definitely you know, see that. I'd, I'd probably go up to the cellar and, and grab a old one and a young one and give it a go. Yeah, give it a little bit of difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and taking time out of your busy schedule. I can imagine as a winemaker, you're very busy. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and, you know, obviously if you're up in Orange next time, give me a buzz and, you know, I'd love to show you around the cellar and and give you a bit of of in-depth background. Oh, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah. and, you you know, I'd say that to – all of the people that are listening, if you ever do come to Orange, you know, send us a note ahead of time and be happy to show you around. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe and share with your friends. I'll see you next week for another closer look into the wine industry. Now go and grab that glass of wine. You deserve it. 